Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast, this time reviewing Mid-South Wrestling Television from August 13th, 1983, portions of it taped at the Irish McNeil Boys Club on August 3rd, 1983, but we'll get into this show in a moment. I am the great Brian Last, my pleasure to be with you once again, and of course, joining me as he does each and every week. From booking the territory, Mike Mills. Mike, how are you today? I'm here. I'm ready to discuss some Mid-South. A little bit of a different episode, Brian. I mean, the first half of this is lots of promos and kind of some throws to some recaps and whatnot, but it'll be fun. Uh, we get to see a side of, I don't want to say a side of Butch Reed we haven't seen before, but maybe we haven't seen it quite like this. And I'll leave it at that as we jump into this week's episode. Yeah, it's like two-thirds of the episode is recap with interview clips around it. And I'm not complaining about the interview clips. They're great. But it's a different pace of an episode, different kind of episode. And let's get right into it. The show introduction, of course, this week hosted by Boyd Pierce and Cowboy Bill Watts. But we're going to go directly from this introduction right into the first interview clip of Cowboy Bill Watts with Hacksaw Butch Reed, the North American champion. Let's go to this. South Wrestling Television, I'm your host, Boyd Pierce. I hope you'll stay with us all the way. We have a lot of exciting action to show you. Hacksaw Butch Reed in the ring against the Junkyard Dog. The same Hacksaw Butch Reed as he takes on another Hacksaw in the form of Jim Dugan. You'll see Kamala, the Ugandan warrior, versus Tommy Wildfire Rich. And talk about Rich, you'll see his cousin Johnny Rich join forces with Steve Dr. Death Williams in tag team action. And the man to tell you about it, our guest commentator, Cowboy Bill Watts. Well, that's right, Boyd. And, uh, of course, the North American Championship holds a lot of prestige and a lot of honor. And Hacksaw Butch Reed is that champion. And he said that the way that the match in the Superdome with he and the dog was presented, they didn't hear his side of it. And so he's asked for some time. So this is like the Hacksaw Butch Reed hour to start with. I interviewed him earlier. First of all, he wanted to talk about a match with Hacksaw Dugan. He says he has beaten every top star in Mid-South and truly is on the pinnacle of success. Let's, let's listen now to Hacksaw Butch Reed. Ladies and gentlemen, the North American champion, Hacksaw Butch Reed. And Butch, you're king of the hill. You got the big iron, and it's all going to attract the crowd for you. Well, you know, that's all part of being a champion. You know, I've done, been through them all. What you have here in a champion is class. I've made this belt stand out and mean something. You got the soul brother number one. You got the man that's done paid the cost to be the boss. And you know, I've done whooped them all. I've done whooped Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I've done whooped the Junkyard Dog. That's the reason why I'm wearing this. And I recall a time back when I was very popular up on the wrestling charts when Jim Duggan claimed that he was the only hacksaw in town and I had to go out there and show him just who the true hacksaw was. And I think you got a tape of that. We got a film clip of March. The Battle of the Hacksaws downtown New Orleans. And Butch, if you'll give us the commentary, let's watch that now. And that's what we get there, Mike. Hacksaw Butch Reed versus Hacksaw Duggan from March 21st, 1983 in New Orleans. This is right when Butch Reed had first come into Mid-South Wrestling. He's a babyface. Hacksaw Duggan, still aligned with the Rat Pack, is a heel. And Butch Reed does commentary over this match. What are your thoughts about this match? And what exactly is going on here with Butch Reed? And again, they're showing the battle of the hacksaws here, even though the roles are reversed for a reason. 
Yeah, I like this because one, talking about the promo he just cut, he's just really cocky and arrogant. And I don't know if you can, you can't, you can hear it a little in the audio, but when you actually see the visual of Butch Reed and how he's dressed with the title, he's just cocky and arrogant. I mean, he's got the sunglasses on. I mean, the the fro is in, per, it looks perfect. I don't know how else to say it. He's, he just, he's got that cocky, arrogant look to him. And I thought that was great. And, you know, he says, look, I'm the real hacksaw. And although, like you said, the roles are reversed, they do throw it to the match from the municipal when Reed was still a babyface. And we see it's the edited highlights when Reed won the match. But, you know, Reed, he's like, I won that match. It doesn't really matter. I've already beat this man. So I just thought that this was, even though, again, their roles are reversed because one was a heel and one was a face back then, it doesn't really matter. You still see... The matter of the fact is there's still the same people in Reed defeated Duggan back then. So I, I don't know. I, I like the whole package of it. I like the start of the promo. And then we're going to hear more in a second from Reed. But I just thought this was good stuff. Kind of just showing Reed this cocky, arrogant way. And then it leads into us seeing him defeat Duggan earlier in the year. Like you said, Hacksaw Reed wins with the spear on Duggan here in March of 1983. But coming out of that, let's get some more words from Butch Reed with Cowboy Bill Watts. I was a very popular man that night. I showed everybody who the true hacksaw was. And now Jim Duggan is running around here ranting and well, raving now. Well, you've now got, you've got the title to prove it. But, of right course, here. Jim Duggan is a changed man also. And he's got the crowd behind him. And what difference does that momentum or does that yeah. enthusiasm add? Let me tell you something, Bill Watts. I'm not trying to win no popularity contest. Like I told all you people before, all I'm doing is winning matches. And I don't care how I do it anymore. Junkyard Dog, you sold me down for that chump I just beat. Well, and we, I'm coming after We'll be back right after these messages from Mid-South Wrestling Network. Well, there you hear it, Hacksaw Butch Reed. Finishing up this segment, showing the clip of the Hacksaw Duggan match. But we get more with Butch Reed because now, as I said at the top of the show, we're going to get his take on the two out of three falls match from the Superdome, the one that resulted in him becoming the North American champion. Any thoughts before we move on to that, Mike? No, I I think this will be good because I want to hear what Reed has to say about this match and how it all played out. We reviewed it in a previous episode. We saw what went down. But now we're going to get, you know, Reed's take on how all this goes and the edited highlights of that North American title match, which was two out of three falls, which edited. But even though it's edited, I mean, it was only I think it was only like eight minutes the first go around. I can't remember how long it was. It's pretty much the entire match they show. Okay, that's right. So that's what I was like. I was like, was it really edited? So it's only eight minutes long. But um. It's still then we still get to hit we get to hear Reed's side of this thing. And you know, again, he and one other thing too, he said in that that recap at the end of the Duggan match right there, he said, I'm not trying to win no popularity contest. And I like that because he's a champion. He doesn't need to win a popularity contest. You're the champ. <laughs> you don't need to be popular at this point. Well, like you said, coming out of that, we get his thoughts about the junkyard dog match. Let's go back to him. Hacksaw Butch Reed, the North American champion, and Cowboy Bill Watts. Saturday, July 16th in the New Orleans Superdome at Wrestling Extravaganza, your night of destiny, the night that you met for the showdown with the Junkyard Dog, the greatest wrestling athlete in the world today, a two out of three fall for the North American title, and you asked for the two out of three fall match. That's right, because I told you people all along, I've been telling Mid-South, I've been telling 
New Orleans, Louisiana, Texas, all over everywhere. I've been telling you people that the dog couldn't cut it, that the dog did not have the that thoroughbred endurance, that stamina to go the full distance all the way to the last minute in the fourth quarter. And I heard Mid-South version last week of how I'm such a controversial champion, how I want it. You got the tape here now, Bill Watson. We got it. Now I want to give you my version. All right, let's roll that clip, the edited highlights of that two out of three fall North American title match in the Superdome. One thing I like there is that when Bill Watts says that Junkyard Dog is... I believe he said the greatest wrestling athlete in the world. Very calmly, Butch Reed gives him a look of disgust. Like, what? You know, what did you just say? And then he quickly gets over it and talks about himself. But a little clip there that I like. You know, and you say something. I say this oftentimes, not only on this show, but on my shows. Listening to the audio of these promos is great. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes the non-visuals tell a bigger story or just as big of a story. And that's Butch Reed in all of these segments. Again, from the start, he's got the belt, the way he's dressed, the hair's perfect, the sunglasses, and then to the, like, look he gives Watts when Watts talks about Dog being this, you know, premier or great athlete. No, it, it, that's not that's not how it is, man. No, it, this is wrong. So Reed gives him that look of, you know, what the hell, man? Uh-uh. No, he's not the best athlete. I'm the champion. I beat him. I, I, look, this belt proves that you're wrong. So I thought the non-visuals from Reed here are fantastic. And then we get, once again, two out of three falls from the Superdome. Hacksaw Butch Reed and the Junkyard Dog. Of course, Buzz Sawyer and King Kong Bundy get involved. And the Junkyard Dog loses the third fall and the North American Championship. Let's hear some more words from Hacksaw Butch Reed coming out of this recap. Wait a minute, you're saying this is due to your endurance and the dog's lack of condition? I'm still moving, don't you see me? You mean 420-pound Bundy and Buzz Sawyer had nothing to do with that conditioning? What kind of beating beating did I take in there just a while ago? I must have been beat by about two... Two or three. Yeah, but I still think three hundred pound men be right there, man to man between you and the junkyard dog. Well, you know something. Bill There's Watson. the title. They're giving you the North American title. You're crowned the champion. Right there, I'm so brother at- number one. Right there. You see who the true champion is right there. I didn't have any, anything to do with any outside interference. As a matter of fact, I don't need any outside interference, and I'll defend this belt anytime, anywhere. And I want to get one thing perfectly, per- perfectly straight with you people around here in Louisiana and all over. And you, Bill Watts, when y'all see me coming, you don't call me Hacksaw. You don't call me Butch. You call me Sir. And we're going to get this straight right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back after these words from Mid-South Wrestling Network. And there it is, the conclusion of the Butch Reed portion of the promos on this show. But good stuff. I guess one of the reasons they probably did this was just to establish his character a little bit more. Other than the local promos, we don't hear too much from him on these shows. But now we're seeing the arrogance. We're hearing him commentate over these matches, which were big victories for him. It's a good profile of Hacksaw Butch Reed, who's now at the top of Mid-South Wrestling, the North American champion. I thought this was a great wrap-up. I agree with you as you talk about how they kind of profile him right here as your North American champion. This ate up the first 18, 20 minutes of the show. So, I mean, this was, this was a big deal. Reed, again, he talks about, I'm the true champ. You know, I didn't need no outside interference, even though we saw outside interference. He says, don't call me Hacksaw. Don't call me Butch. Call me Sir. But again, the non-visual. Back in the day, 
I can remember Flair used to hold the NWA title with one hand and kind of he would cradle it in his like, you know, have one edge of the belt up against his bicep as it's like cradled in his arm. Butch has got the belt sitting like that, like, you know, and he's waving it around and he points at the camera with the belt in that motion. You know what I'm talking about, Brian? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. It's just a very demonstrative, like, I'm the champion. He's pointing it at the camera. He's pointing it at Watts. He's showing the belt off because back then they were belts. They they weren't um you know titles. They they we actually we we love the term the strap or the belt. You know he won the heavyweight belt. You know it's it's just it meant something. And Butch Reed and all of his arrogance and glory right there is showing that not only he but that title means something. And he's the true champion. I mean you said it. I'm the true champ. Well, coming out of that, going to a commercial break, we come back with another series of clips with a promo around it. Let's go to General Skandar Akbar setting up a clip of Kamala versus Tommy Rich once again from the Superdome, July 16th. Well, you heard Butch Reed's side of it, and now another man who never seems at a loss for words or money or ways to get people to do his bidding, General Skandar Akbar, as he talks about his match that Kamala had against Tommy Wildfire Rich. Let's listen to that one now. The Superdome, the granddaddy of them all, the most prestigious matches in all of professional wrestling. Tommy Rich from Atlanta fame has come to the Superdome to gain fame and fortune at the expense of the General and Kamala, the biggest mistake the Rich clan has ever made. And we'll show you in a film coming up just how we beat the snot-nosed Rich clan. Let's see this film now. Well, there it is, General Skandar Akbar setting up this clip of Tommy Rich of the snot-nosed Rich clan against the mighty Kamala at the Superdome. I'm going to say it here. I've never appreciated Skandar Akbar's promos like I have since we started reviewing these shows. Whether it was him returning in 85 or him in world class, I don't know what it is, but General Akbar in Mid-South in 82 and 83 is such a phenomenal manager. And I love his promos. What do you think? I got to meet Akbar years and years ago. I didn't know him well. I don't want to say it like that. But like, so his like real personality kind of feels like it comes out in some of those promos. But he's very demonstrative. And you got to put yourself when you watch Akbar, put yourself in the mindset of this time period, you know, 82, 83, 84, 85. You couldn't convince me he wasn't a real Arab <laughs> with real with real oil money. So when I watched it back then, I'm like, oh, man, this guy, this guy's this Middle Eastern clown, man. He's really over here to try to take over America. You know, I, you couldn't convince me otherwise. But so you kind of see his real personality. Like, Not that he's not that he's an Arab. But what I'm saying is, like, I, I see remnants of what I saw as his real personality in these promos. But I wasn't thinking that back then. I just was just saw him as the guy I hated next to Cornette. You know, he's the manager that I like, God, I hate this guy. I want him dead. So you do get to see his personality. And I, I, I love how he said, you popped on it too. And he says the rich clan. <laughs> that did pop me. The rich clan. But I thought Akbar was good, man. Akbar's promos are good. You, you love Akbar. The other thing with Akbar, we, we're not, we don't see it here, but I've talked about it. Whenever he would get involved in matches, Brian, Akbar sold so well. The way he flopped around the ring and bumped for the talents. I love that about Akbar. So that's another thing I want to throw in. We don't see that here. I point it out because it's the whole package of them. The promos, when he finally does get it handed to him, he's bumping around like a pro. So yeah, God bless 
R.I.P. Skandar Akbar. I know he died a while back, but he he he's a tremendous talent, and his promos are are, are wonderful, man. There there there's something to behold, you know, all these years, almost you know, thirty plus years later. Yeah, just the way he leans into the camera as he's saying things, you you totally believe in him. I really get a kick out of him here, but this match is shown. Tommy Rich, of course, bleeds a gusher against Kamala. And let's go now to more audio from Skandar Akbar wrapping up this match, the closing moments of this match, as well as something he's going to do about that hippie Jim Duggan. Rich fighting back with all he's got. He knows this is his life, not only his career, but his life. There you see the general in Friday. Oh, what a night this was. We beat the entire Rich clan, and we're clamoring for more people from Atlanta. Come on, all all you talent from Atlanta, I want you to come to the Superdome and meet Kamala. Here comes the general into the squared circle. Oh, yes, I had to get just a little bit of peace. And here comes that hippie, just like all you hippies come out of those vacant houses when they're on fire. You came right down to the ring. There's that greasy, slimy hippie. Had no business in the ring. As I told you before, I'm going to get you that big bulbous bell pepper nose of yours sticking my nose, sticking your nose in my business. I'm flabbergasted. I wasn't even in the match. I wasn't even in the match. Oh, yes, Duggan. That's another mistake you made. But you will never put your hands on me again, Duggan. Now, Duggan, since you insist on putting your nose in the general's business, I have a little bargain, a little deal for you. You're saying you always want to get the general in the ring. All right. I've got just a little deal for you. I'm hiring the most prestigious, the most powerful man in Mid-South right now, and that's Hacksaw Butch Reed, North American champion. And you saw him beat the dog, and he has a clear-cut victory over you, Duggan. Yes. And if you can beat... Hacksaw Butch Reed. You can get five minutes with a general, but that won't be any picnic because I was North American champion at one time. Well, General Skandar Akbar, let me tell you, when you get in that ring in Mid-South Wrestling, you're fair game, whether you're manager, spectator, or wrestler. When you're inside that squared circle, you're bought and paid for, and I think everybody understands that, and Akbar just found it out that it's true again. We'll be back after these words from Mid-South. Well, there it is, General Skandar Akbar going to hire Butch Reed to go against Hacksaw Duggan. He already has a clear-cut victory over Duggan and the dog. And to entice Duggan into this match, if he defeats Hacksaw Butch Reed, he will get five minutes with General Skandar Akbar. What do you think of all this, Mike? That's a hell of a stipulation, but, you know, that's how much Akbar hates Duggan. He wants to get back at him. Now, was he calling Brian? Did he call Duggan there? Banana, uh, not banana, uh, bell pepper nose, or was he talking about Tommy Rich? I couldn't quite figure it out, but I, I popped at the line either way. That that was funny during the commentary. Did you catch that? I think it was Duggan, but the other interesting thing is, if you look at the results for this show, it shows that Tommy Rich defeated Kamala. Tommy Rich got the Luthez press on Skandar Akbar. Right. And that was actually the pinfall. He never pinned Kamala, he pinned Akbar. Yes. So, okay, I was going to talk about that, too. He pinned Akbar, and I I don't get that, but, you know, whatever. I guess, hey, bro, when Watts is booking it, he does whatever he wants to do, right? I guess that's it. So I'm I'm throwing a flag on that, but, you know, everything's not always airtight, brother, like these old-timers like to tell you. Everything was airtight, brother. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Because Akbar got pinned here, and he wasn't even in a match. But anyway, yeah, I, I did catch that. But this is, um going back to your original question, this is a nice stipulation. I mean, it, it builds part of a storyline. Look, 
here's Duggan. He's, you know, been positioned as next to JYD, the top babyface at this point. We've got a good old-fashioned manager in Skandar Akbar who has wreaked havoc over, you know, Brian, we've been doing this now for, for a few years, and he's he's been ripping and running through the territory, causing problems for these baby faces, whether it's that mangy mutt JYD or now Hacksaw Jim Duggan. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, look, if you can be, if you can get past Reed, you get five minutes with me. And I think that's, I think it goes along with just this heel manager, this devilish manager that he's been. One other thing, Brian, before we move to the next uh, segment of the show, a couple of weeks ago, we saw that vignette with Kamala that they played in world class where, you know, we, we talked about it. They were down actually by the banks of the Trinity river. Well, I think not that I'm seeing this because I didn't remember it or didn't remember this Kamala Tommy Rich match. I'm guessing they kind of just put that in there because they knew Kamala was coming in in a few weeks. So I, it, you know, a little brain fart there for me not remembering that because I was trying to remember. I remember you asked like Kamala doesn't come back. Well, we've got him here for for a minute, so I guess that's I guess that's what that's about. Yeah, and he's on next week's show as a little bit of a spoiler. I had forgotten that he came back at this point in time, but you know the two segments at the top. They established a couple things. One, that Hacksaw Butch Reed has pinned Hacksaw Duggan in the past. And two, that Hacksaw Duggan was a part of this skirmish during the Kamala Tommy Rich match, which led to Skandar Akbar being pinned by Tommy Rich. So once again, you reestablish, and it's been pretty established, that Hacksaw Duggan and Skandar Akbar hate each other. Yeah. Perfectly leads into next week with the stipulation that if Duggan pins Reed, he gets Skandar Akbar. But Bill Watts is full of it right here. Bill Watts is full of it. Watts <laughs> what do you mean? Because, I mean, like, he's like, even though Akbar, like, he says it. Watts, is, Watts says, even though Akbar wasn't in a match, he could get pinned. What? I, come on, Bill. Like, this is, I say this all the time. I like calling things right down the middle with anything in life. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's my favorite football team, basketball team. I don't really watch too much baseball, but my point or wrestling, when it comes to modern wrestling, I say this too. When something's good, I prop it up and say that was great. When something just makes no sense and it's complete BS, I say that. You got to be honest here. This is complete BS from Bill Watts. Well, even though he wasn't in a match, he could get pinned. Why? Because you just making it up on the fly? Yeah. That sounds like it. That's true. And you never see something like this in Mid-South Wrestling. It does seem like a rare finish. Yes, yes, I, yes, I don't, and again, this isn't me going on off on a rant about modern wrestling or anything, I'm just saying, you gotta call it like you see it sometimes, you're like, wait, this is just made up, come on, Bill, you're better than this, man, we know you're better than this when it comes to the booking. Well, because the other thing, too, is, when Tommy hits Akbar with the Fez press, Duggan goes down to count the pin, but then Joel Armstrong also, the referee, counts the pin. <laughs> Weird booking for Mid-South, I, I must yeah. uh, be honest. <laughs> I guess they just didn't want to beat Tommy Rich in the Superdome. I, I can't explain I it. I guess. I guess. I mean, it was Kamala. Just let him take the freaking pin. I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, okay. Well, coming out of that, we get another short interview clip leading into a recap of a match. The match, I'll tell you right now, is Mr. Wrestling 2 versus Wild Bill Irwin in New Orleans. But here's Cowboy Bill Watts with Mr. Wrestling 2. 
Mr. Wrestling 2, you know wrestling fans all over the world love wrestling, and they watch a lot of different wrestling with the advent of satellite and cable TV and things like this. And I know the question they often ask is, where is the toughest wrestling? What's the highest caliber competition wrestling in the world? And I thought of nobody better to ask than a man who's an international star, a legend in his own time. You, Mr. Wrestling 2, could you answer that? Oh, very easily, uh, Bill. As you well know, I do travel all over the country from coast to coast, and without a doubt, it's right here in Mid-South. How would you make that comparison? I know you brought a film clip for us. Yes, I certainly did. Comparisons are very easy. You know, uh, a picture is worth a thousand words. Needless let's to let's say. roll the film clip you brought. Let's see something here. And like I said, we got a clip of Wrestling 2 defeating Wild Bill Irwin in New Orleans. Any thoughts or notes about any of this, Mike? No, I just find it very, you know, it, this is very much uh, quintessential Bill Watts. You know, I want to show you that the toughest places to wrestle are mid-south and basically the entire voiceover of the match is two and watts and you know two wins with the with the knee lift and i i, I mean really the, the the point was driven home we're the toughest wrestlers in the world and there's no other place uh that has these tough wrestlers like we do and i thought that was it i mean there's really not much else to take from it other than that coming out of that we get our next match back at the irish big Neil boys club finally king kong bundy and boris zirkoff versus tim horner and Bill Rathke, Rick Ferreira, is the referee. Let's hear a few words from Cowboy Bill Watts about General Skandar Akbar. Another overflow crowd here at the Irishman Neal Boys Club for the television taping. We appreciate all the people that come out hot summer to enjoy the hotter Mid-South wrestling. Of course, you heard Skandar Akbar make some pretty great statements there. And if I know Grizzly Smith, he'll be quick to capitalize on them. Skandar Akbar said he'd hire Hacksaw Butch Reed, the North American champion, because he knows he can motivate him with money. And if he'll wrestle Hacksaw Dugan, and if Dugan can beat Butch Reed, that Skandar Akbar will get in the ring himself with Dugan. And of course, a week ago we heard Dugan say he wanted a chance to get Akbar on television. And I think Akbar's greed is getting right in there, and Dugan's wishes may be... All the fans here at Mid-South will get to see that. I'd sure like to be here that day when Hacksaw Dugan would go against Reed, number one, with kind of the reversing situations where now the crowd and crowd supports behind Hacksaw Dugan and Reed is the North American champion. And also then to get the opportunity, if he should win, to get Akbar alone in that ring for five minutes. Bill, that would be something to behold as Tim Horner tags in his partner, Bill Rathke, who's coming in for his first appearance against Boris Zirkoff, and in comes Bundy. Well, there we hear it. Bill Watts looking forward to seeing what happens. As he said, as we said earlier, the roles are now reversed. Jim Duggan, a popular wrestler, Hacksaw Butch Reed, a hated wrestler. We'll see what happens with the roles reversed. As far as the match goes, you tell me what you thought about it. I have that King Kong Bundy pinned Bill Rathke after an avalanche. What do you think about any of this, Mike? I have that same note, and I just want to add one other thing. The Irish McNeil you heard Bill Watts say is packed and overflowing, and Bill Watts is not lying. I mean, there's not an empty spot in the bleachers, and then the left side of the ring where there's always just the, the folding chairs out, there's got to be whew, a good four rows right there. So they are, and we've seen it where that section has only had a chair, or one row or two rows. That section to the left is overflowing as well. And look, it, it's August. It's it is hotter than six suns, baby, in the Irish McNeil on this day. 
So that goes to show you the popularity of uh, Mid-South. So, uh, and this is before school starts and whatnot. So, I mean, I guess, you, you know, you got a lot of kids in there and there's, it's still summertime technically, but still it's packed in Irish McNeil. So I wanted to point out that as you're, as you're listening to it and not seeing it, it's a packed house. It's so packed that the yellow kid has to sit in a different spot than he usually sits in. Oh, it figures you would find him, you know. It's your, <laughs> your, arch, your arch nemesis. If that kid's alive today, Brian, Brian wants to whoop him. <laughs> well, going into our next match, <sighs> the missing link versus Ken Johnson, Johnny Martinez, the referee. The link wins with a version of the camel clutch. He brutalizes Ken Johnson during this match. I don't have any other notes. What about you, Mike? I don't know if there was one wrestling move executed outside of the finish where Link puts Johnson in that modified camel clutch that he does. He just just beat on this poor sap the entire match and eventually just puts him in that modified camel clutch. Truly, not a wrestling. There was not one wrestling move that I remember. Link brutalized him, like you said. We then go to our final match on this week's show. Steve Dr. Death Williams and Johnny Rich of the Snot-Nosed Rich Clan versus Larry Hare and Bill Rose, Alfred Neely, the referee. Got a few audio clips to play from this match. Let's go to the first one. Cowboy Bill Watts with an announcement about next week's show. Grizzly Smith has just handed me a note that next week, right here live on television, he is going to try to sign... This match with Hacksaw Dugan and Hacksaw Butch Reed with the stipulation that if Dugan can beat Reed here on television, that he gets five minutes alone with Skandar Akbar right here on TV. This is unprecedented. I wish him luck. He's going to have a, some stiff no negotiations, I'm sure, with Skandar Akbar, Reed, and Dugan. But I know Grizzly Smith can, when he puts his mind to it, he can be pretty persuasive. Well, there we hear it. Not official, but it looks like Grizzly Smith is going to try to sign for next week. Hacksaw Butch Reed versus Hacksaw Duggan. If Duggan wins, he gets five minutes with Akbar. What do you think of this? Great job by Bill Watts of setting the hook for next week because he says Grizzly is trying to get it signed for next week, which translates to you don't want to miss next week's episode because if he does get it signed, we're going to see Reed versus Duggan. And with Duggan, if Duggan wins, he gets the five minutes. So. He just set the hook for next week. That's as plain and simple as it can be. As far as this match goes, and I want to get your thoughts after we play this clip, it's not that Larry Hare and Bill Rose are the worst wrestlers we've seen in Mid-South as job guys on TV, because we've seen worse. But there are moments where things seem awkward. At one point, Johnny Rich hits a dropkick that comes nowhere near his opponent, and the guy goes down. But clearly something triggers Bill Watts. It's not as aggressive as he's been with other guys, but listen to the commentary as this match is transpiring. Cowboy Bill Watts on Larry Hare and Bill Rose. Larry Hare and Bill Rose have found out in short order that they don't belong in the Mid-South area. Gonna have to get in that gymnasium. They got the size, they got the frame, they're young. They're gonna have to go pay a price. There's no gain in professional athletics without pain. You've got to go train. You've got to get conditioned. You've got to learn your skills. Less than one minute of wrestling time remaining. Doc is just teeing off. A little bit unnecessary, I think, with these two guys, but Doc has got that mean streak. 
Johnny Rich firing away. There, Doc comes in and sets. Johnny Rich drop kicks one of the hair and rows. I think they better go back and get out the dictionary and look up wrestling and see what it stands for because for some reason they're under a misconception as to their business in this sport. And the eye. Dr. Death and Johnny Rich, a great young team. Well, there it is. Dr. Death and Johnny Rich win. But there's several moments. At one point, both guys go down, but they <laughs> it ends up with the one guy almost leg dropping the other guy because they both don't know how to fall correctly. What did you think of this match, Mike? Any thoughts? Dr. Death is, some of those punches, they're working punches, but they do look like they're connecting in a, they're not a punch. You could tell if somebody's throwing a real punch, but I mean, it looks like he's, he's waiting until he connects before he's pulling back on it. And then there was a spot where Dr. Death's got one of the guys in the ropes and he just kind of charges and lays at the lays across the guy's stomach. Um, I did see the I do remember the spot where I think it was Johnny Rich who just didn't miss the guy, uh, or or he missed him on the drop. Not that Johnny Rich missed him, but the guy just didn't come you know close enough to where it looked like he connected. Something must have went on. I, you know, Brian, I, we we, don't, we haven't done this in a while, but something must have went on, maybe on a on, on a house show or something non televised event with these guys where they just pissed Watts off and pissed the talent off. I'm wondering if that's happened. I mean, we haven't looked at the the, low, the results in a while, but I, I'm wondering, like, you know, not that, not that the results would show what happened, but something may have happened where Bill Watts was like, Johnny and Steve, go out there and, and teach these clowns a lesson on television because they're just idiots. I feel like that may have happened just given how you of what Watts says on the commentary right there. Do you kind of have maybe that same thought process? Well, Based on the results we have, and we don't have complete results from this time period, but I don't think that they worked any house shows. Okay. It was just TV. But whatever they showed in the ring during this match triggered Bill Watts. Again, we've heard him be more aggressive in putting people down. But the fact that he said they don't belong in Mid-South, they need to look up the definition of the word wrestler, that's his way of saying these guys are not coming back. Yeah, and they, I don't want to sit there, you said the point a second ago, they don't look horrible. It's not like they, because I mean, we've seen, look, we saw, I keep going back to Hacksaw Higgins, Brian, that, I mean, if you remember, he couldn't hit the ropes. I don't know if he could do anything right. And then he gets up from Paul Orndorff's finisher and just walks out the ring. And we've heard the story that one man gang told about that backstage on a previous episode. So like, he didn't look that bad. And we've seen some guys who can't bump and they, they fall like a, a wet turd. These guys didn't look horrible, but something happened because Johnny and Steve, they're being stiff with them. They're, they, they're working, but they're also, whenever they're clubbing them across the back and they're throwing those punches, they are laying it in. I mean, it's not like just, oh, you know, let's work together, brother, and, you know, be light tonight. No, 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 no. They are giving these two to business when they're in the ring with them. Even, even when they shoot them off and Irish whip them, it's not, it's not like fluid. They are literally tossing these guys around the ring. So, I don't know, something... I feel like something had to happen in the back, something backstage. I have no clue. I don't know anything about these guys. I guess I could ask you, what do you know about Larry Hare and Bill Rose? But it's just remarkable how you watch this and you're like, and something something had to be going on in this match that we're just not privy to. Even Johnny Rich was really laying it in with his forearms on the guy's back. 
Right. So something happened. And Johnny, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel this way, like watching Johnny Rich's matches. I've seen tons of them over the years, whether it's, you know, Mid-South or, you know, he was in Smoky. He did some early stuff in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. I've never seen Johnny Rich look disaggressive in matches. I mean, he just he just looks really aggressive, which that's the thing that I guess, you know, makes you feel like, hey, something is going on. I mean, there was like a drop kick near the finish where Johnny Rich comes in and my God, he just he plants this drop kick in this guy's chest like he's screw you, bro. You know, something was going on here. I don't know what it was, but something's definitely going on. Well, with that, we wrap up another episode of Mid-South Wrestling. Remind everyone, check out this match, because like I said, the one point they both take bumps at the same time. And they end up with the one guy leg dropping the other guy. It's completely accidental, but it's worth seeing. But of course, I want to remind you, you can follow me on Twitter at GreatBrianLast. You can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter at SuperPodcasts or on Facebook, facebook.com slash ArcadianVanguard. You can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com or available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Mike, how can the listeners stay in touch with you and Booking the Territory? You can come give Booking the Territory a listen at tinyurl.com slash bttpod, or you can search Booking the Territory wherever you get your podcast from. We're the unprofessional wrestling podcast where myself, Hardbody Hopper, and Doc Turner talk about classic Southern wrestling. Right now, we're recapping all of those mid-80s to late-80s NWA Saturday Night episodes on TBS. Uh, we have a lot of fun. The jokes are terrible. It's not politically correct, but it's fun nonetheless. And if you go into our older episodes, we did the almost four-year run of Smoky Mountain Wrestling, where we went, just like Brian and I do, week by week through Smoky Mountain Wrestling. It's a lot of fun. We had a great time uh, covering the entire run of the promotion, so that's available there as well at tinyurl.com slash bttpod. Also, one of the things I've been mentioning on Booking the Territory the last few weeks is five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Brian, we haven't brought that up in a while, but hey, if you love this show and enjoy it, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We definitely would appreciate it. And for everyone out there who has done so, thank you very much. We appreciate the support. You guys are the best. This is the reason we do the show for listeners like you. So thank you very much for listening. The Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. Your producer is Jace Nakarado. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Tally ho! Mm-hmm.